If there's a serial killer out in those woods just waiting for the cover of a creepy storm so he can kill us, I'm going to be pissed. Carly D. Matisse snickered as her best friend Sloane Russo's wild imagination got the best of her. Again. Carly stopped short on the floorboards of the cozy mountain bungalow they'd shared for the last six months, undoing the top button of her chef's whites and tossing her keys on the counter. You watch too many horror movies. It's just a little storm. Look, I'm barely wet. Carly raised her arms up as proof. As if offended by her nonchalance, the storm flashed a split of silvery light outside their living room window, immediately chasing it with a crack of thunder to rival the shrieking wind. Sloane arched a brow in Carly's direction from her perch on the couch before shooting a wary look at the windows. That's because we have a garage, smartass. I swear, it doesn't rain like this in Brooklyn. Okay, fine. So Sloane had a point. The wind sure didn't shake the bricks of Carly's New York brownstone with its gusting and groaning. And you could forget about being able to hear it from the deep recesses of any big city kitchen. Raindrops crashed over the bungalow with even more force now, like handfuls of angry marbles being pelted at the logs. Things were definitely different in the middle of the Blue Ridge Mountains, a.k.a. the middle of nowhere. And the spectacular weather wasn't the half of it. Yeah, yeah, we're not in Kansas anymore, Kuchila. Carly hoped her homesickness didn't permeate her voice as much as it did her chest. God, she hated being so far away from home. Sloane's head snapped up. Oh, Carly. I'm sorry. I didn't mean... I know. Lightning streaked the sky, and a near-simultaneous clap of thunder ripped through the night. So, you want a cup of tea? I was going to give that new vanilla chai a whirl, see if it's any good. Not the slickest subject change in the world, but it'd do. Carly didn't want to talk about the reasons she'd left New York any more than Sloane wanted to tangle with that imaginary serial killer. It's after midnight. Aren't you exhausted? Sloane eyed Carly's sauce-splattered chef's whites, the product of a typical Saturday double shift. Weird hours are an occupational hazard, especially since it's just me in the kitchen now. She flicked on the overhead light in the kitchen her dansko clogs whispering over the hardwood as she moved to find the tea kettle. Weird hours. Don't I know it. Sloane closed the laptop propped over her pajama-clad knees with a mutter. If I don't get these pages to my editor before I leave on Monday, I'm going to be ankle-deep in a bad situation. Speaking of which, Sloane paused just long enough for it to be noticeable. Are you sure you're going to be okay all by your lonesome for a whole week while I'm at my conference? Carly tested the water rushing from the kitchen faucet, her answer as steady as the stream under her fingers. In the twenty years you've known me, have I ever not been okay? Sloane held up her hands to concede. Point taken, you are everyone's favorite tough cookie. She padded over to the breakfast bar separating the kitchen from the living room, flinching at a particularly loud clap of thunder as she went. I come by it, honestly, Carly said, coaxing a burner to life with a turn of her wrist. 
Her profession dictated she wear a certain amount of toughness on her sleeve. Current circumstances took things one step further, pushing her to wear the rest of her fortitude like a suit of armor. Yeah, about that, Sloan winced, tucking the dark swath of her bangs behind one ear. Travis called while you were at work, said it was important. Carly's stomach did a full gainer due south. Did he say what he wanted? It figured she'd get hit with this when she was trying to unwind. Travis had always known how to wreck a good thing. Sloane made a rude noise and a face to match, propping her elbows on the granite counter at the breakfast bar. You should be so lucky.